0: Thanks for tuning in to the Renew Life Church Lubbock podcast today. We hope this message encourages you as you allow God's Word and His presence to change your life. All right, if you feel like you've been in church already, say amen. Amen. (laughs) Oh man, so good to be in the house or in the YWCA. This can be the house too, right? Uh, We are just really, really glad that you you are here today. Um, if you are a, if you're, it's your very first time, you've never been to a, a gathering or last Sunday, raise your hand. Anybody this is the very first time? A couple people. Let's give all of them a big hand clap for being here. Welcome, welcome. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Keith and I'm the campus pastor here. And um, I, I would like to introduce a very, very special person, maybe the most important person in my life besides God don't worry, don't worry, don't, don't freak out. Um, but I want to introduce my wife Natalie to you. Just would you turn and wave to the crowd. She, uh, she's, she's over all of our children's area. She's taking care of all your kids. Um, her and, and Joy Field, who's our children's pastor, they do an absolutely phenomenal job back there. Um, we, we believe this. There is no junior Holy Spirit um, we believe that this is not just a time to babysit your kids, but it's a time to actually pour into them, and for them to pour into each other. We actually believe that God is using them, that he can use them, that he can do, he can, there can be, a, uh, there may be something happening right now that just happened in this room in, in our kids' classrooms, because we actually give way to the Holy Spirit in those rooms, amen? So if you're thankful for that, say amen. amen. Um, so yeah, we just, we, we, we love you, and, and um, Natalie's just doing a great job, and and uh, I've, I've been I've been pastoring for like ten years or so, and she's working on year two or three, three. But she's been a pastor's wife for ten years, so she's she's got all the experience in the world. You know what I'm saying? So, um, but let's just jump just jump into the word today. I want to talk to you about a, a subject that's really been ministering to me personally lately, and um, and it's something that you've probably heard. It's it's a message you've probably heard, but there, there I've never actually heard this message from someone. And, and left and thought, man, I wish he didn't preach that. Man, I wish he didn't share that. Because today I actually want to talk to you about the grace of God. I want to talk to you about the grace of God. I want to talk to you about God's grace. Did you know that right now, if you are a believer in this room, God's grace is on your life? His undeserved, his unearned, his unmerited favor. That's what his grace is. It is actually on your life. You have access to the grace of God. Let me say it this way. You have access to the favor of God. This is not something that you have to work for. This is not something you even can work for. You cannot earn it. You cannot be good enough. It is actually freely given through his son, Jesus. And today I want to talk to you about what it actually looks like to live from that place. What does it look like to live by grace, live in his grace, live from grace? Would you be interested in t- uh, today if I, if I said you could live a life of freedom? That you could live a life free from your past? You could live a life free from shame, guilt, condemnation? You could live a life free from trying to perform for God and trying not to mess up and trying to get your life all nice and pretty? Would you be interested? Because I want you to know that's actually the life that Jesus has provided for you. I want you to know I stand here today very, very thankful for the grace of God. Because I screw up a lot, I mess up a lot. If if it weren't for His grace, there would be no way that I would be standing here preaching to you today. If it weren't for my, this knowledge of the grace of God, it would be very, very hard to stand in front of you and be a campus pastor and, and preach and have that title under my name unless I actually understood that my righteousness has nothing to do with my actions. I actually am very, very thankful that today it doesn't matter what I've said, what I've done, what I will say wrong, or what I will do wrong. What matters is what Jesus did on that cross. And I live in the finished work. Come on, somebody. We live in the finished work of the cross. When he said it is finished, he meant it. Look at your neighbor and say, he meant it. He meant it. And you are in right standing today. I want to, before we even get into scripture, I want you to know you are in right standing with God because of one thing. One thing. Because you believe in Jesus. If you have your Bible, go and turn to Romans chapter 10. We're going to be reading from Paul and his letter to the Romans. And it's a really, really interesting scripture. I think we can relate to this because, you know, what I find in. In our, in our Christian walk, what I find as believers is that we may know about the grace of God, we may live by the grace of God, but there seems to be something in us that, that, that slips back into the law. There seems to be something in us that seems to it slips back into this, let me say it this way, this works mentality, this earn it mentality. We 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 hear a message on grace and we live by grace, live by grace. We we feel free, we feel free, and then we mess up, and then we we we, we make a mistake, and then we sin, and all of a sudden we find ourselves kind of hanging out in this works system. This works mentality. And here Paul is actually talking to the Romans, and he's actually talking to them about the people of Israel, the the Jewish people, the people who lived by the law. They actually, their relationship with God was all about the law, how good they could be. And look at what he says in Romans 10 verse 1. He says, dear brothers and sisters, the longing of my heart and my prayer to God is for the people of Israel to be saved. I know what enthusiasm they have for God, but it is misdirected zeal. For they don't understand God's way of making people right with himself. Refusing to accept God's way, come on, say God's way. Refusing to accept God's way, they cling to their own way of getting right with God by trying to keep the law, by trying to keep the rules, by trying not to make mistakes. Verse 4, for Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. Christ has already accomplished the purpose for which the law was given. As a result, all who believe in him are made right with God. Would you pray with me today? Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for this word. We thank you for your grace today. Lord, I just pray that your grace would actually even flow out of me in this moment that people would experience the freedom that is in you, the love that is in you, the grace and the mercy that is not only in you, it is you. Lead us today, Holy Spirit. Guide us in your truth. We just receive all the wisdom, all the understanding in Jesus' name. If you agree, say amen. 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 I want to title the message, A Mindset of Grace, A Mindset of Grace. Um, Raise your hand if you've ever been in a situation that's made you feel insecure. Anybody ever been in a in a in a situation where you've ever felt insecure? I found myself in in one of these situations uh, probably three months ago. Um, Braden actually invited me to come out to the Deer Lease. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm not really a Deer Lease kind of guy. Um I, uh, I, try, I try to be, I try to be, and I've actually kind of picked up uh, some bow hunting, because a lot of the, the, the pastors on staff, they love to bow hunt, and so I was like, well, I can, I can bow hunt too. I can't just shoot a basketball, I can bow hunt, you know, and, and so I, I, uh, I've been shooting, and I've gone on a couple hunts, but this was my first hunt to actually go on. I was going to be sitting in a deer blind, Braden was going to be with me, Braden's killed like 50 bajillion animals, so he knows what he's doing, and, and I'm like, I'm going to have a real chance this time. A real chance to kill something. And so I'm already, I'm already kind of, kind of nervous. And uh, I'm, I'm driving out about, it's about an hour and a half to the deer lease. I pull into the gate and I just, I don't know how else to describe this to you, but when I pull into, to, to a deer lease or a ranch, I just immediately get uncomfortable. I immediately feel insecure. When I, when I pull, as soon as I get off pavement and onto the dirt road, I'm like, I don't fit here. I don't. This is not. This is. I don't. I don't feel comfortable at all. And 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 here's and I've I've, I've matured enough to know this. I, there's a lot of things that I don't know, especially when I'm out there. And I'm like cognizant of the fact that I know that I don't know, and I know that I'm probably gonna do something really stupid. I don't know. Like like right now, I don't have any pocket knives in my jeans because I don't own a pocket knife. I'm just trying. I need you to get to understand like who I am. Like I. They don't pocket jeans. Don't, their pocket knives don't fit in skinny jeans very well. So it's like, so i I pull on and, and I call Braden. I'm here. I'm like, hey man, I'm here. And he's like, okay, we're actually doing some stuff. We're doing some some man stuff. I'll be there in a little bit. He's like, why don't you why don't you take your bow out and shoot shoot a block, shoot that target? Because we're gonna go out in about an hour and you need to be ready. It's like, yep, I'm gonna be ready. I'm gonna slay s- s- animals and stuff. <laughs> and so. I, uh, I sit down on this bench and I, I, I take my bow out and I already practiced that morning. I've shot my bow a lot, okay, I'm, I'm decent. And I'm, I'm about 20 yards away and I'm letting them fly at the target and doing pretty well. I'm like, oh yeah, it is on. My man card, I get it today, here it goes. And I'm sitting there and I let, I let one of these arrows go and all of a sudden I just see this water just spurting up in front of the target. And immediately I knew. Keith, you done did it again. I walk up to the target and for, in some reason, for, I don't even know how this is possible. I actually shot through the hose, the water hose that goes to the RV that everyone is staying in. I didn't just nick it. I didn't just barely cut it. I punctured the whole flipping hose. I arrow through the middle of the hose into the target. Water's going everywhere. No one's at the camp yet, and I walk up and I'm like, oh my gosh. how how in the world could you possibly do this? So I kind of start to panic, right? So I run, try and find the water source. It's a miracle I found that. Another thing you need to know about me, I am not handy at all. If there is a problem, don't call me to fix it, especially when it comes to things like this. So I'm soup, now I'm really uncomfortable. I'm really embarrassed. I turn the water off. I'm looking through the cabin to find duct tape. I do, I tape it up, but I know the guys are coming back to the camp and I'm gonna have to tell them. I'm going to tell them that I shot through the hose. And they're going to be really, really nice, but here's what also I know. The moment I leave, everyone's going to hear about this story. Did you hear, did you hear what Keith did, him trying to be that hunter? He only killed one thing on that trip, the hose, all right? And I was just like, I was scrambling that day. And I, I kind of tell you that story because I, I think it's a great example of how a lot of us as Christians, we live our out, out our relationship with God. We are, we are uptight. We, are, we, we can get very uptight and get very, very serious, and, 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 and we, we don't want to mess up. And, 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 and it actually causes us to do the very thing that we don't want to do. We try so hard to be perfect, and we try so hard not to sin. We, were con- we are so concentrated on not doing something. That's, that, that's the very thing that we actually do. Am I talking to anybody in the room today? It's like we, 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 we try and, and not make any mistakes, and that's the very thing that makes us make the mistake. And, and, and here's what we do. We, we puncture that hose, or we make that sin, and we go to scrambling. We go to freaking out, and we go to wrapping it up. And we, and we have thoughts in our head like, I'm not telling anybody about this. I don't want anybody to know how real I am. I don't want anybody to know how much I mess up or the sin in my life. I'm embarrassed by it. And, and, and we live this life and we're just uptight. And I really felt like the Holy Spirit said to me this week, seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Amen. Seriousness is not a fruit of the Spirit. Why do we live this, this life of being so uptight about the things of God? God has not called us to live uptight. He's not called us to live uncomfortable. He has not called us to live just just tiptoeing on eggshells through life, wondering when he's going to to, to strike us down. No, we have freedom in the blood of Jesus. His grace has actually freed us. We we, we should be living a life of freedom, living a life where we wake up every day and we think this, oh, God can use me. Oh, God can do something powerful through me. Oh, I can lay hands on the sick and actually watch them recover. Oh, I can actually help this family in this situation. God can actually use me. If I to be really, really transparent with you today, I find it hard not to fall back into this uptight relationship with God. Especially with a, a background in sports, my whole life was based on performance. The better Keith did, the more Keith got. And I find that many of us, in fact, I was having a conversation with a friend this week at coffee, many of us live a life of performance with God. Can I just ask you this this morning, how's that working out for you? How's this life based on performance working out? Because what I find is it actually doesn't work out. I don't perform the way that I want to, but thank God that Jesus performed everything. Thank God that he took care of it all on the cross. Am I, am I saying today that, that you should never work on yourself? Am I saying today that God never gives us things to work on and get better at? No, I'm not saying that, but I want to ask you today, what is your motivation for getting better? Do you, are you the type of person that kind of lives this, this relationship with God? Like, man, I just got to be better. I just got to be better. I want you to, if that's you, I want you to begin to ask yourself the question. Every time you think I need to be better, ask yourself why. Why do you need to be better? Is it so that God will love you or is it because God loves you? Is it so that you will get in better standing with him or is it because you already realize you're in right standing with him? You see, it's, it's, it's a whole different motivation when you realize he's been so good to me and every good and perfect thing I have in my life is from him. And so God, I want to, I want to, to, to serve you. I want people to look at my life and actually see Jesus. I want people to look at my life and be, and be inspired and encouraged and filled with hope and joy. Oh, if that's the motivation because you already know who you are, That's the way to live. That's how you live. We live, and there's a, there's a scripture that talks about, um, I think it's in the ampl- Amplified, our message. It says that we, we, we live in the unforced rhythms of grace. You know, God did something amazing when, when he sent Jesus. Actually, Jesus did this when he ascended. He told the disciples, he said, wait where you're at until you get the Holy Spirit. Wait where you're at until you get the Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that we don't live our life with God from a piece of paper, the law, but we actually get to live it with a person called the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. What does living in grace, what does living by grace look like? It actually looks like you wake up every day and say, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, give me the words to speak. Holy Spirit, what do you want to do today? What do you want me to do today? Now if the Holy Spirit is telling you every morning, you know what, just sleep in, don't go to work. That is not the Holy Spirit. That's called your flesh. And my flesh says that to me every morning, every single morning. But we have, have, we've, we've been given the Word, but we've also been given a person known as the Holy Spirit to actually, to lead us and, and, and I know this is a simple message today, but I want to I wanna break something off of you. I want you to realize that you actually get to live in freedom. Live in freedom. Your life in God is not some inward battle where you're always, you wake up every day and you think about all the bad things that you've done and, and how bad and how unworthy you are. That is not the Christian life. That is not the Christian experience. And let me tell you this, that is not anything that would be attractive to the world that we live in. What's attractive is people living in freedom. What's attractive is people who say, you know what, I messed up, but guess what? God forgave me of that. I have no sin, I have no shame, I have no guilt, no condemnation. It really, really is this simple. When you sin, go to to Jesus and say, will you forgive me? And then repent and move on. Moving in a different direction. I'm not saying keep sinning, but if you sin again, oh well, Lord forgive me. Thank you that where sin abounds, that much more does grace abound. Yeah. And you can just walk in, a, in, 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 in this, this, this likeness. We're, we're actually moving. It's not some heavy, am, am, I, am I making sense today? You're not walking like, like around in life so heavy. I just wanted to tell you today, like, like relax. God is for you. God is for you, the God, the creator of the universe, the one you showed up into this building for. He's for you. Hear that today. He's not just for the person sitting next to you. Really, really easy to believe for the person sitting next to you. But do you believe he's actually for you? He's for you. In, uh, in Galatians chapter 2, Paul um, kind of breaks this down a little bit more. I want to read it to you. Verse uh, verse 17 says, But suppose we seek to be made right with God through faith in Christ, and then we are found guilty because we have abandoned the law. Here's what many, many, many Christians and many people who hear a message on grace, they immediately go to, Are you saying we don't need to obey God anymore? Are you saying we don't need to follow his rules and regulations? No, I'm talking about a motivation. I'm talking about why you do it. He says, that, and so this is what Paul's addressing. He's like, oh, so those of you who, uh, who, uh, who are living in the grace of God, does that mean that you're found um, guilty because you've abandoned the law? He said, he says this, would that mean Christ has led us into sin? Absolutely not. Rather, I'm a sinner. Check this part out. I'm a sinner if I rebuild the old system of law I already tore down. You know how we live, you know what it looks like to live in sin? When we actually rebuild this old system that puts laws and rules and regulations and obligations back into our life. He said, you're a sinner if you actually rebuild. (laughs) I just heard him say this. You know what's crazy about that is even when you do that, his grace even covers that. I'm just going to leave that over there and keep going. Okay. Rather, I'm a sinner. If I rebuild the old system of law, I already tore down. For when I tried to keep the law, it condemned me. So I died to the law. I died to a performance mindset. I died trying to earn my righteousness. I died to this mindset of trying to get right with God. I died to the law. I stopped trying to meet all its requirements so that I might live for God. It's actually impossible for you to live for God if you actually are trying to meet all the requirements. What do I mean? When you live in the old system, it robs you of the life that Jesus paid for you. The law will rob you. Sin will rob you getting you buried down deep and in, in, in overwhelmed by your sin and your shame. You know what it's actually doing? It's robbing you from the life that God has for you. And I love how Paul finishes. He says, my old self has been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. I do not treat the grace of God as meaningless. For if I keep for for if keeping the law could make us right with God, then there was no need for Christ to die. I want to share just something I learned this week. I actually learned it from Robert Morris, and and um, we'll we'll kind of close here today. Um, and, and by no means am I taking credit for this because uh, this just absolutely absolutely blew my mind. But I wanted to share it with you because I think a lot of times we, we get out of this, this, this life of grace and living by grace, what, 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 what almost yanks every Christian out of this mindset of living by grace is our shame. It's not that we don't know better, it's that we don't feel better. We mess up and then we feel guilty. We mess up and there's a shame on our life and so in order for us to feel good and get rid of that shame, you know what we do? We start performing. And if I can just perform good, I can get rid of that yucky feeling on the inside. When God is really just saying, actually, if you'll just come to me, I'll take it all away. There's a scripture in Genesis chapter six. I wanna explain something that Jesus has done for us in this amazing revelation. In scripture all the way back to the days of Noah said make your he was talking to Noah he said make yourself an ark of gopher wood make rooms in the ark and cover it inside and out with pitch that word cover that word cover in every other area in the old testament it actually means it's actually translated atonement atonement In other words, it's it's describing the forgiveness of sin, the reconciliation. Uh, It's describing what Jesus did to make us one with God. In fact, the word atonement means at one with God. This is the only time in scripture it's actually translated into cover. But notice what God told Noah to do. He said to cover it inside and outside. You know what this is actually saying? This is actually a type and shadow of what Jesus has done for us. That he has actually atoned for every sin that we would ever commit on the outside and every sin that we'd even commit on the inside. Everything that we've done on the outside is covered. Everything that we've done on the inside, the wrong motivations, the wrong heart, the yucky thoughts, all of that, Jesus actually paid for it all. He covered the inside and the out. Scripture says that we have our transgressions. Transgressions actually mean outward actions. Um, For for example, you may have lust in your heart, but for you to actually act on it would be a transgression. However, that lust in your heart, that's actually called an iniquity. It's our inside sin. And if the Bible isn't cool enough, where God told Noah to cover it inside and out, look at what Isaiah 53, five says. It says he was wounded for our transgressions. This Jesus that we are so in love with, he was bruised for our iniquities. You know what a bruise is? A bruise is internal or inside bleeding. You know what a wound is? It's an outside bleeding. In other words, scripture is saying this, he was hurt on the outside for everything that you would do on the outside. And he was even hurt on the inside to cover everything that you even happen on the inside. What's my point? My point is he has so got you covered. You are covered in the blood of Jesus. Everything that goes on on the inside of you, covered. Everything that you act out on, covered. This is how good he is. This is how good his grace is. He covers that shame, that guilt, that condemnation. Stop letting that stuff hold you down and beat you up. Enough is enough. Call the enemy on his bluff say it out loud, there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. There's no condemnation for you. Zero condemnation. So if there's any any area in your life where you are beating yourself up, stop. Stop. Because God looks at you and he's pleased with you. today. Thanks again for listening today.